Scoutdown Nation, are you getting ready to take your certified water technologist examination? Do you wish you just had a little bit of extra help to build your confidence so you can sign up for the exam? Well, Nation, I've heard you and I've got what you were asking for. I work each one of the 75 mock questions that you receive when you sign up to take your certified water technologist designation. I share with you the logic behind how I get to certain answers, and I show you how to set up each math equation. Go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash CWT prep. Once again, that's scalinguph2o.com forward slash CWT prep to get enrolled today. Welcome to Scaling Up H2O, the podcast where we scale up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. Nation, I am coming to you live from the Scaling Up Studios, well, as live as a podcast can be, and this is our fifth anniversary, five years of the Scaling Up H2O podcast. Wow. By the way, I'm Trace Blackmore. I am so incredibly proud to be the host of the best, the longest running, the most amazing podcast dedicated to the industrial water treatment industry. And today we're just going to celebrate the last five years. You've been listening to the Scaling Up podcast for five years, and that just blows my mind. And I was thinking, what could we do that's a little bit different today to celebrate our fifth anniversary or our fifth birthday? I'm not even sure what to call it. I know we've been around for five years. And then I got to thinking... A good friend of mine, his name is Scott Slade, and he is a radio personality here in the Atlanta area. He's been in broadcasting for over 50 years, and he's just shared so much knowledge with me on things that I can do better with this show. He helped me improve my studio, told me what equipment I needed, helped me set it up, And the list goes on. He has just been incredible. And by the way, Scott's actually been on this podcast. You probably didn't even know that you heard him. But in 2020, when we were covering the AWT virtual convention, he introduced the podcast on episode 158. I think Scott has the best voice in radio I urge you to listen to 158 so you will agree with me. So I'm going to take something that Scott does every morning on his show and bring it to this show. Now, the Atlanta Morning News is what he hosts, and every morning he does the top five things that you need to know. So I'm going to do a little spin on that for today's fifth anniversary, and I want to mention the top five things in three different categories. Those categories are going to be community, guests, and inspiring quotes. I'm going to list five things that really came to mind when I was thinking about this show for you today. But before we go there, here's a brand new Thinking on Water with James. Welcome to Thinking on Water with James. 
the segment where we don't give you the answers, we give you the topics and questions for you to think about, drop by drop. Now let's get to it. In this week's episode, we're thinking about whether you can rely upon the tracer to determine product concentrations in your water systems, or are there other ways to confirm? Should you be regularly testing beyond just tracers like PTSA? Can anything impact the tracer to make it an unreliable indicator of product levels and performance? How might time, biocides, etc. impact tracer levels? Even if the tracer levels are correct, what else may be happening in the water system to impact other product ingredients? Take this week to think more about the tracers you use and learn more about them. Be sure to follow hashtag TOW22 and hashtag ScalingUpH2O to share your thoughts on each week's Thinking on Water. I'm James McDonald, and I look forward to learning more from you. Five years ago, I recorded episode one on my Bluetooth headset and then sent it off for approval on Apple Podcasts. I just can't believe that that was five years ago. And if you're wondering why Apple Podcasts, because we're just about everywhere where you can consume podcasts. I learned that that's where you needed to send a podcast off to get the most coverage. How did I learn that? I spent an entire weekend Googling and YouTubing. I love that those nouns are now verbs. I was scrubbing the internet, trying to figure out how to produce a podcast. So I had to know really what were all the behind the scenes that I needed to do to get the podcast to you. And there was a ton. I needed some equipment. I needed some software. I needed a website. I needed a schedule. I needed all of this stuff. And I found so much content online searching And I just put everything together in a way that logically made sense to me. And then I did what I do. I created procedures. And that's something that I do just to save bandwidth in my head. I will learn about a new topic as much as I can, and then I'll write out procedures so I don't have to relearn it every time I go do it. And here's the cool thing about that. Because I had these procedures that I would follow every time that I would do a podcast, when the podcast became successful enough and I was able to bring on people to help me with that, by the way, thank you so much for the wonderful people that helped me with the Scaling Up H2O podcast. They don't get enough limelight within this podcast. So Corinne Drury, you do an amazing job making sure that this podcast is always getting better in quality. And you took those procedures that I originally made, and you made them so much better. You're always looking for the next thing to do. You're trying to figure out how we can find the next listener, how we can keep everybody engaged, and the list goes on. So thank you for helping me get this podcast to five years. And the other person I want to thank is Margie Davin. Margie, you do all of the backroom work to make sure that things get loaded 
all of our social media goes out, all the things that people recognize us for with reaching out to the community, with bringing them information, that doesn't just happen magically. That happens because you're doing that. So there are two people that are helping us bring you the Scaling Up H2O podcast. And that leads me back to that very first weekend when I was learning about podcasts, when I recorded that very first show. And today, this is episode 247. And actually, we have a little more than 247 episodes out there in the Scaling Up universe. Why are we on episode 47 then if we have more? Well, in the beginning, I tried to be creative with numbering and I was doing 0.1 and 0.2 because we covered a couple of episodes on a certain topic. I learned that you don't need to be creative. You need to be simple. You need to find things that were repeatable and people just understood what was going on. Again, I had five years to figure this out, and I'm still figuring this out each and every time I come on the air with you. All that to say that five years ago, Scaling Up H2O was born. What was also born was the Scaling Up Nation. And that brings us to the first item that I want to talk about on those three things that I listed, community. I know better than anyone how isolating our profession can be. Long drives, working in closed off areas with hardly any occupants running through it. While we're running our tests, while we're diagnosing our systems, it can be very lonely. I also know how hard it is to read that book that you want to read while you're driving, while you're working, and you're so busy working, you don't have time to read, you don't have time to hone your skills, to learn new things, to learn new techniques. Last week, we talked about this very thing with Jerry Angelilli, and he talked about how he used to use books on tape. Yes, actual tapes, cassette tapes, so many people out there listening have no idea what those are, or if you've seen them, you have never used them. I can tell you that this is how I used to prep for trips. And I, when I was in the field working with my dad, I used to be out of the house 70% of the month. I spent so much time driving around, going to different territories, spending time in hotel rooms. I would go to the library and I would check out books that I wanted to listen to while I was driving. Well, back then, that's where you got these things. You got them from the library. You could only check out so many at a time. And I remember when that cassette tape clicked of the very last tape that was in the series, and then I didn't have anybody to talk to. Of course, they weren't talking to me. They were kind of reading to me, but that made me better. It allowed me to learn something. It got me thinking on what was something that I could do with what I was hearing. And when that cassette would click because it was over and I didn't have another one to load, I just remember feeling, now what? 
And I would turn to either radio, probably whatever was on the popular music at the time, or I listened to talk radio. And folks, that did nothing for me. And I remember thinking, I just wish that I could magically make content appear. Well, today, that's what we have. We've got a platform where we can go online, we can consume as much content on any topic that we can think of, and it's just there. What an amazing world that we live in now where we don't have to go to the library, we don't have to check things out. There is just content waiting for us. And hence, that's one of the main reasons that I started the podcast. I wanted to make sure that you didn't have to suffer through what I had to suffer through. You had that information at your fingertips and you could learn more about this amazing industry each and every week by just driving to account to account. Now, that's one of the main reasons I started the podcast, but it wasn't the only reason and it wasn't the foundational reason that I started the podcast. I started the podcast because I wanted a community. I wanted people to come together in an industry that people don't normally come together in. We compete with each other, so we can't talk with each other. But yet, we're the only people that understand what we are going through. If we tell this story to our spouse, to our family, to our friend about what we did, it's just a bunch of words. And they probably agree with us and sympathize with us, but they truly don't understand what it is that we do on a daily basis. So how do we get each other talking with each other? Well, that's when the Scaling Up Nation was born. That was the amazing thing that happened five years ago when this podcast first came on the air. People started listening to this podcast and they started talking to each other about this podcast. The Scaling Up Nation is what I call you, the listener, and we are all part of that community. And I am so amazed and humbled and honored and all the other words I can't think of that I get to be the tribe leader of the Scaling Up Nation, our community. Well, it didn't take long for me to realize that there were people within the Scaling Up Nation community that wanted more. They wanted stronger relationships. They wanted people to help them get to the next level. How did I realize this? Well, the Scaling Up Nation is never shy of telling me what they want. And as I would talk to Scaling Up Nation members, I kept hearing a common theme. And myself, having been involved in a mastermind for years, I had always wanted to bring that concept to the water treatment community. And then the Rising Tide Mastermind was born. Today, we have well over 50 members in five groups. Hey, that's another five. How about that? We also have others that facilitate the meetings alongside with myself. So we're now a community of facilitators within a community of members. And there are just so many amazing stories 
of how the Rising Tide Mastermind members have gone further than they ever thought they would, and they got there faster than they ever thought possible. And you talk about a tight-knit community that is all based on trust and making each other better and making our industry better. It is just amazing what has happened within the Rising Tide Mastermind. When we went to the Association of Water Technologies convention last year, we got together and it was just the convention on steroids. We had our group. We were able to divide and conquer and make sure that we saw all of the different technical papers that we wanted to, knowing that we could only see one at a time. But then we got together and a group of us would talk about what they got out of one presentation, what somebody got out of another presentation. We then talked about what we were going to do with that, how we were going to take that information and take what we were doing to the next level. And then we helped each other do those things while we held each other accountable to do them. It was just amazing. So that is definitely something that came out of this podcast that has given me and so many others such a tight-knit community all around our industry. I know how important it is to belong, and I remember being in the lunchroom as a kid wondering if I was going to be invited to sit down next to someone on my very first day in middle school. I'm still that kid at heart. I know you are too. And that's why community is absolutely so important. And when I get the privilege of going to one of the events, I just mentioned the Association of Water Technologies Convention. So maybe I'm speaking there or maybe I'm just attending. So many of you come up and you let me know what this community has meant to you. I love the stories where you've connected with somebody in your local community that does the same thing that you do, and now you are better for it. Or maybe you've joined another group because you've heard about what we do in the Rising Tide Mastermind, and you share that with me. Being part of something and having people help you get further faster and caring about how you do things and what you do is oh so important. Life is short. So thank you, Scaling Up H2O listeners. Of course, I'm talking to the Scaling Up Nation. You are the nation. And thank you for the last five years and hopefully the next five years where you are listening to this show. So that's community. Those are five things that I could think of around community. So let's move on to our guests. And this is something that was so hard for me to do. We have had so many amazing guests. I should have counted up all the guests that we've had on the podcast, and then that could have been one of our stats I could have shared with you. But I didn't do that, so I can't share that with you. What I did do is I went through some of the guests that we had that wrote books that really meant something to me, books that allowed me to do something with either my personal life or my professional life or how I coach other teams and other people. These are books that I use all 
the time. And because I started a podcast, I had a reason to meet these people and to thank them for writing their books. So now what we're going to do is we're going to go through the top five. I don't know if they're the top five, but they're the five that I can think of. The first one, episode 29, airing in 2017. Actually, it aired in January of 2018. I recorded it in 2017. So the very first year that we had this podcast, I reached out to Captain David Marquet. That's episode 29. And Captain Marquet was the first author that I asked to come on the show. And honestly, Scaling Up Nation, I fully expected him to say no. But I know nothing venture, nothing gained. If you don't ask, you're not going to get And if you're going to ask, you might as well ask big because somebody might say yes, big. So I asked David Marquet to come on the Scaling Up H2O podcast. And guess what? He said yes. Nation, he wrote a book called Turn the Ship Around. And it is one of my favorite leadership books. The book is about how he instituted a leader-leader command structure instead of the normal leader-follower structure that we have in the Navy and any service. He figured instead of having one leader and 149 followers on his submarine, he could have 150 leaders. Now, the story is, is he spent a year preparing to captain the USS Olympia, which was one of the top performing submarines in the 7th Fleet. And right at the last minute, he got a change of orders and he was ordered to captain the USS Santa Fe. And the Santa Fe was the lowest performing ship in the 7th Fleet. So him instituting that leader-leader command structure took the Santa Fe from the lowest position to the top position. What do I mean by that? The stats are amazing. One of the things they look at is the re-enlistment rate. So how many people are actually re-upping their contracts to stay more time in the Navy? Originally, before he took command, that was the lowest rate of the entire 7th Fleet. It might have been in a couple of fleets. I think he shares in the book. What he did with how he changed to a leader-leader command structure, he now had the highest re-enlistment rate. And the other thing that's just amazing is seven of his officers became captains. And after talking with him and other people that I know that have served, having one is an honor, but to have seven is just amazing. His book is called Turn the Ship Around. You can see all these things that he turned around. But one of the most amazing things was that ship received the highest performance review in naval history. Just so many accolades because he was making sure all of his people had ownership in whatever it was that they did. Now, one of my big heroes, Dr. Stephen R. Covey, the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, 
He heard about all these amazing accomplishments, and he asked if he could come aboard the USS Santa Fe. So you can hear in episode 29, me asking Captain Marquet what it was like to meet Dr. Covey. So I urge you to listen to that if you haven't listened to that episode. And if you haven't heard it in a while, that's just a really, really fun episode. It was the first A-list author that I ever invited on the podcast. Again, if that's a lesson that I learned and I want to share with you, ask big because you can get answered big. And if you don't ask, you're definitely not going to get. Captain Marquet, thank you for giving me that confidence for saying yes to come on that show. And I was so excited to interview you. And that then allowed me to have the confidence to ask some other authors on the show. So another author was Justin Rolfe Marsh. He wrote a book called The Machine. That episode was episode 39 that aired in May of 2018. Now, it's a sales book, but it's different than most of the sales books that are out there. What Justin did was he created a case that since the sales department was invented, it hasn't changed at all. And when you look at something like manufacturing, you see how lean it's gotten, how high performing it's gotten, how efficient it has become. And sales department, not so much. So he compares those two and gives you some handles to make your sales department more efficient. And he does that by laying out his case in the first part of the book and then telling you what to do in the second part of the book. Now, if you worked with me as a consultant, you know that I've shared this book with you because if we're ever talking about the sales department, this is the book that I send to you to read. So when we get together, we have a common language that we can talk about and we can look at some very specific things to make sales a lot more efficient. I've had so many people tell me from this interview that they read this book, that they bought this book for people in their company, and they realigned their sales department. It makes so much sense when you read it, but he was the first one that I ever read that laid it out. It's a great read. It's called The Machine, and I urge you to listen to that interview. Again, that was episode 39, a real paradigm shift since we were talking about Stephen Covey in the earlier episode I mentioned with David Marquet, a paradigm shift on how we see and how we execute things in sales. Now, this next lady, this next author has absolutely changed my life. Now, let me explain. I know what the intent is behind everything that I say, but the people that hear me say it, they have no idea what that intent is. And a lot of times, because of how I speak, and I speak the language of power and control, I come off very differently than what I'm trying to convey. I was misunderstood so much, and it really hurt me. I had so much love and care that I wanted to share with people. And a lot of times when I would share those things, 
it came off as if I was criticizing people or if I was giving them a command. I just wasn't able to speak how my mind, how my heart was actually feeling. Then I was introduced to this author. Her name is Kathleen Edelman, and I've had her on the show twice. For the first time, she was on episode 117 that aired in December of 2019. And we, of course, didn't cover all the material with that. So I brought her back for a continuation of that episode on episode 179, and that was January of 2021. Nation, I could have her back for a third, fourth, and fifth time. There is so much wealth in what she teaches. I will never learn it all, and there's just so much out there. What she taught me was I am a red. What the heck am I talking about? Well, there are four colors out there. There's red, yellow, blue, and green. And what does that mean? Those are temperaments. She took something very difficult, temperaments, and made it so easy to understand. She taught me to understand what the four innate needs that I had as a red And she taught me that when I don't get those needs, I don't work from my strengths. I work from my weaknesses. I didn't know this. I didn't know why things weren't going the way that they needed to go, why I was miscommunicating, why I was acting a certain way. And by the way, as a red, when I don't get one of those four needs, I respond with tone and volume. Of course, that doesn't help the situation. But here's the thing. She boiled all of these temperaments down so you know what your needs are. By the way, mine are loyalty, sense of control, appreciation, and credit for work. I had no idea until she taught me this. But once I knew that, it was amazing. It changed everything in every relationship that I have. And what I realized was if people didn't give me one or all of those needs that I have, it wasn't on them. It was on me to choose what I did with that. And I had the power to make a conscious choice that I was going to work out of my strengths and not out of my weaknesses, which is where I go if I don't get one of those needs. So maybe you are a red as well, and that is speaking directly to you. Maybe you are one of the other temperaments and you need to find out what your needs are and what to do about that. Here's the thing. Temperaments, personality studies, they kind of sound like they're the same, but temperaments is the foundation. It is the baseline. It is how we are wired and everything we do comes out of what our temperament is. We're born with it. We don't have the ability to change it. Where personality will change over our experiences And we learn that we can behave in a different way and we're going to get different results. Temperament doesn't do that. So it makes it the baseline to study. But the way Kathleen puts it together, it makes it so incredibly simple for you to learn about yourself. And then because you know about yourself, just like they say on an airplane, 
you've got to put your oxygen mask on first if cabin pressure should drop so you're able to help the person next to you. Well, if you don't understand yourself first, if you can't give yourself what you need, there's no way that you're going to be able to give the person that you're speaking to what they need. So she teaches you how to help yourself first so you can give others what they need. And she teaches you how to recognize the needs in others. And Nation, this has changed everything. I cannot thank Kathleen enough for simplifying this material in a way that I can use it. And it has just been so powerful. If you have not listened to those episodes, again, episode 117, episode 179, She's got a workbook. She's got a new children's book out. By the way, so many people, after I share with them the I Said This, You Heard That study, by the way, that's what her book is called, say, I wish I had this sooner for my kids. One of my favorite Chinese proverbs is the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. Folks, it is never too late to strengthen and repair relationships. And this has helped me more than anything do that very thing. I am now a better me because I understand me better. And I just want to thank Kathleen for helping me do that. And I hope having her on the podcast has helped you as well. The next author I want to bring up on the five things that I'm sharing with authors is one of my favorite books on water. It's called The Big Thirst. And why not? I had all these amazing people that have come on the podcast. Why not reach out to Charles Fishman? And guess what? He said yes. So I was able to ask him all of my questions that I had about his book. He is an incredible researcher and all of the things that he researched, I want to know how he knew to research it how he actually went about collecting all of that research, how he put it in a form where he could write about it. But most importantly, I wanted to know the why behind why he wrote that book. And we had an entire conversation around why. That's one of my favorite questions to ask authors is why did they write what they wrote? What was the true meaning behind it? What was going on with them? And what did they want to share with the rest of the world? What was the underlying foundation, the underlying meaning? To listen to that episode, that was episode 148, and that was in July of 2020. That leads me up to number five, and that is Chris McChesney of the Franklin Covey Company, episode 164 that originally aired in October of 2020. Chris authored a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution. This is an amazing book. And by the way, the Franklin Covey Company is the company that Dr. Stephen R. Covey founded and so much amazing material comes out of Franklin Covey. It's all around self-improvement and business improvement. So if you haven't looked at all the materials that they have, 
I urge you to search Franklin Covey and just see all the amazing content that they have. I believe they even have a podcast as well. But one of the authors there, Chris McChesney, he wrote The Four Disciplines of Execution. And if you've ever wondered how to rally a team, how to get people behind something, how to make sure we're keeping score properly, and how to make sure that we get to where we intended to get when we started this thing, this is the book for you. He easily lays out so much incredibly difficult material, makes it easy to understand, makes it easy for you to grab on and apply that to any team that you are a part of. It is an incredible book. I urge you to read that and use that within your teams. It's something that I use within my team and people I work with all the time. And I got the honor of having Chris on this podcast and asking him all things that I've always wondered, what was the thing you left out in that book? What was the one key thing that you found when people were reading the book that they wanted to know more of or they had difficulty with that you were able to smooth it out once you talk with them? All that information is on episode 164. And I just want to cap this section off by saying, if you don't ask, you won't get. These people had no reason to come on the Scaling Up H2O podcast other than I asked, other than I wanted to share their whys behind why they wrote the book with you. I wanted to learn more about why they wrote the book, about things that were in their books. And I wanted to also say thank you for the people that wrote those books because they really helped me in all different areas of my life. But if I didn't ask, that would have never happened. So never think that what you need is not important to someone else. That is very one-sided thinking. And I want you to think that you are giving somebody else the opportunity to pay something forward, to give something back, to help another human being. And if you don't ask, they're not gonna get the opportunity to do that. So by all means, you ask. So moving along in the categories that I mentioned and the top five things I was going to mention in each one of those categories, again, we talked about community. We just talked about some of the fantastic guests and authors that we've had on this program. I want to go ahead and wrap up today with five quotes that have really inspired me, that have really caused me to deeply think about something or have allowed me to create something that I've created in my life, the podcast for one, the mastermind, the book that I'm working on, and so many other things that are going on in my life. When I get a certain quote, I like to write it down because I use it to inspire me because life is hard. I know you know that. And there's so many things that are getting in the way of us doing something else, doing something different. 
And sometimes these quotes help get me to that next level, that help get me out of that pit of despair of the day-to-day, of all the issues that come in in a job like ours. This is a ladder that gets me out of that pit. So here we go. Here are the top five quotes that I'm going to share with you. By James Keller, he said, a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. Just think of that. How many times has somebody made you feel either good or bad? And folks, if you're having a bad day, it is so easy to pass that feeling along to others, and that doesn't make you feel any better. doesn't make anybody else feel any better. So imagine if you can help somebody else, if you could light somebody else's candle, that's going to help you as much as it helps them, and it costs you absolutely nothing. Walt Disney said, if you can dream it, you can do it. And look at what he dreamed and what he built and what continues to be built because he had that dream. So many times people are scared to dream because they're worried about the consequences of failure. So many times people dream and they don't turn it into a plan to actually take action on it to get it done. That's one of the things that we urge people to do in the Rising Tide Mastermind. We're always looking three years out in our future. We're trying to figure out what we can create, not by default, but by really trying, by really getting people behind us and getting people to help us and pushing us to make that dream into a reality. The next quote is also around the mastermind, and this is one of the reasons that I joined the mastermind that I've been a member of for about 10 years now. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Jim Ron said that. Just think about that. The five people you spend the most time with, you, by default, become the average. Is that okay with you? Now, I'm not telling you to write off people in your relationship world, but if you're not getting the results that you want, maybe it's because you're not hanging out with the people that will allow you to learn from them, that will encourage you to do more. Again, that's why we're all members of the Rising Tide Mastermind the 50 plus members that have joined that, we are all trying to make sure that we're hanging out with successful people that can teach us things and can push us to the next level. When I created the Rising Tide Mastermind, that was definitely one of the quotes that I was thinking of. Here's another one. I've learned that people forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you make them feel. That was Maya Angelou. That was a quote that somebody shared with me. I read it somewhere. And wow, how true is that? You can say things, you can do things, but when you look back, you remember how people made you feel. How are you making the people feel that you are closest with? When you have an interaction with somebody else, it's great to say things, it's great to do things, But after it's all said and done, how are you leaving people to feel? 
And is that the way you would want to feel? So it's just a quote that I try to think of in every interaction. What is the overall feeling that I'm leaving people with? And is that something that I'm proud of? The last quote is one that is from a transcendentalist, so Henry David Thoreau. There are a thousand hacking at the branches of evil to one who is striking at the root. That's deep, right? Let me read that again. There are a thousand hacking at the branches of evil to one who is striking at the root. There is so much that happens to us on a daily basis. There's so much that we want to change. There might be certain issues that are going on in the world and we're dealing with the static around those issues. Or maybe it's just some of the noise around one of the core issues of our life. Maybe there's something that we need to change in our life. Maybe it's something with our health. Maybe it's a certain habit. Maybe it's a way that we have been treating somebody. Maybe it's a relationship that we want to repair. So many times we are dealing with the symptom and not the root cause. That quote always gets me to think about that We have the power as an individual to make things better. The fact that we're talking about evil, we can apply that to so many things. But if we just look at all the issues that we have in our lives, are we truly doing something that counts or are we just hacking at the branches? Of course, those branches are going to grow back. We have to find the root cause and we need to deal with that. Nation, this has been a fun show. I can't believe that it has been five years that you and I have been spending time with each other. Thank you for spending that time with me. I hope you enjoyed this look back at some of the top five things that I wanted to share with you. Of course, this was all in honor of my friend Scott Slade, who every morning on Atlanta Morning News, he shares the top five things that we need to know about our day. So here are the five things that I wanted to share with you about this podcast. Nation, don't worry. We're going to have another brand new episode for you next week. In the meantime, I hope you catch up on some of the episodes that I mentioned today. Maybe re-listen to some of those episodes because they meant so much to me. I learned a lot and I would absolutely love the next time you see me to let me know something you learned from one of those interviews. Have a great week, folks. Scanout Nation, we have just started a new group within the Rising Tide Mastermind. I am so amazed at how successful and how well-received the Rising Tide Mastermind has been in our community, and we are starting a new waiting list for the next group. If you want to get on this waiting list so you can start with our next group, go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind to see if this is the right group for you. And then after you and I have a brief conversation to make sure the group fits for you and you fit for the group, we can get you on that waiting list. I can't wait to talk to you. Remember scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind.